Hey, what's up, everybody? Back the space, back at the place once again. Mickey Smith Jr. You know what time it is, guys. It's time for the podcast. We call it See the Sound, the podcast that delves in a little bit deeper. And uh, today I'm stoked. I'm so excited about our guest, an amazing gentleman. I can't wait for you to meet him. My good friend, Mr. Sammy Miller. We're so glad to have you. Uh, there is nowhere I'd rather be. Thank you so much for, for having me on the show. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, look, look, you know what's up, guys. On the other side of this sound, you will see the sound. Be back in just a moment. All right, guys, so we back, we back. Again, once again, yours truly, Mickey Smith Jr., and we're here with the one and only, Mr. Sammy Miller. Sammy, talk to us, man. How you How you doing today? How you feeling? Tell us what's up in your world, man. This is a good day. A lot of exciting. My brain is tired from trying to problem solve these challenging issues of, of teaching, but um, but a, really a, a solid, it's a beautiful day in New York City, and I'm about to hit the road uh, tomorrow, so I'm doing laundry to pack so I show up at schools looking fresh like Mickey Smith Jr. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the parts that nobody sees. It's the parts <laughs> that nobody knows. It's the work that doesn't show. We're giving you the real today, man. Hey, yeah. it's, it's, so, it's so good to hear that perspective. You know, there's so many folks. I just moved out here to West Palm Beach, and, and this place blows my mind because it's literally like paradise. Like, it's beautiful. But people drive so angry, man. Like, like it's beauty, like it's the ocean, it's right there. And people are like, ah, they're giving you the business. And I'm like, how can you not see the beauty? So to hear you say that despite everything, you still you still are mindful in the moment to say, hey, there's some beauty in this thing. Uh, that's that's pretty powerful. And I, I think that's so special. And that's, that's what we need to hear today on the Sound 180 podcast. So do me a favor, do me a favor. For, for our listeners out there, for those individuals, that may be meeting you for the first time. They're like, well, who is this dude that Mickey is so excited about? Uh, I want you to just take a moment and familiarize our listeners with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are so that our audience has that connection and they know you and are excited about you the way the way I am today because they're going to they gonna find out today. Love it. Yes, of course. So uh, hello, friends far and wide. I am Sammy Miller. I'm a musician, educator, uh, band leader, I wear a lot of hats, but um, so I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California. I'm one of five. I grew up playing in a family band, very bad rock and roll. I don't even know if Mickey knew that. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I was, I'm the second youngest. I grew up playing every day after school. It wasn't basketball. It wasn't soccer. I wasn't allowed to surf because I was told I would hurt myself. And I hurt myself in tennis, so that was a valid decision wow. by my parents. <laughs> so uh so we would get together every day after school. We'd, we'd learn rock and roll songs together. Um, when I was in high school, a little, sorry, when I was in middle school, um, I had a music band director who's actually my older brother, funny enough, wow. and he in my jazz band. And I heard older musicians playing jazz, and I thought it was the world's coolest thing. I didn't know that my brother and his friends like weren't the cool kids. I thought band kids were like the coolest thing. You could yeah. be a jazz band kid. So I was like becoming aware of Miles Davis and uh, Charles Mingus and all these different musicians. And so what I did is I went to the library and I literally went from A to Z. I, you could check out 30 CDs at a time and I would mm. get 30 CDs. I would go home and I would burn them and then I would return them and then I would bring 30. And I just got obsessed with jazz music. It, it was like my sanctuary as a kid. And from there, um, I moved to New York City. I got a scholarship to the new school, um, study jazz music. And then I got a scholarship to go to the Juilliard School, get a master's because I just couldn't stop getting deeper, deeper into it. And um, 
I'm a huge fan of education. I know a lot of people in music education could be like, oh man, this isn't the truth. And I always loved it. I thought it was awesome. I'm like, wait, I see what they're studying. Like we get to study this. This is, this is pretty cool stuff. Um, and when I was at the Juilliard school, I started a band, um, which is how I met Mickey, um, the congregation. And I started a band because I love this music, but I wasn't thrilled about the way I saw people presenting jazz. And I felt like it was always like sort of exclusive. And like, if you don't do it X, Y, and Z, um, you don't belong. And I was always like, wait, isn't this music about making it accessible and lifting people up and bringing joy to others? That's always, always what the music was to me. So um, I was like, okay, rather than complaining, why don't I try to start a band? And <laughs> that band started jumping around the country uh, Monterey Jazz Festival, Newport Jazz, Lincoln Center, a lot of cool performances. But I would say, is this too long of an intro? By the way, I don't know what I don't know. Perfect. Yeah, look, I'm 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 taking it. I got it right. I got. I'm trying to. You said tell them about yourself, so I'm trying to. Yeah, this is this is a blind date. They don't know me yet, yeah, so I need. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then that whole period, like the same way I was excited about music and sharing it, I realized one of my favorite ways to share it was with people younger than me mm -hmm. and to try to pass on love to the people who were kind to me and also for the educators that weren't kind to me or weren't accessible i was like well i don't want to be that way i want to be like a source of uh, excitement and encouragement for younger people so a big part i started doing was um, working with jazz lincoln center designing curriculum over there presenting concerts jazz for young people concerts and then sort of helping design some of the curriculum and being like wait why don't we we get this one hour this one shot with students like let's get them really fired up and that became like my mission was just like how do we get students fired up um and that led me the natural evolution of that was um to building out playbook which is a music online virtual platform we've been building for folks that i can't go be with them every day it's like what do we do the other 364 days uh to help support music teachers around the country and that's that's what playbook is Wow. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. I love this. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and from a personal standpoint, I can't tell you how many folks I, I interact with and connect with, but very few times do we get to sit and have these moments where we really get to know the person, you know, not to be a downer, but just to be, just talk real life, man. Um, this week has been a tough week for me and it's only, it's only a few days into the week because I actually lost somebody that was very significant to me. She was she was like my sound adult. She's the reason I even did the Grammy thing. It was my older cousin Lisa and she was like a music savant as far as knowing. She she didn't she didn't play anything masterfully, but before Google, there was Lisa, right? Mm -hmm. So she would she was the person instead of me going to the library, she was the library. Every time every time we made the big trip to the big city out in Houston, Texas, she had about she had about 10 cassettes for me or she had mm. about 10 CDs for me. And she's like, look, go listen to this person. Go check out this person. No, nah, this is you. No, no, no. Put that away. Check this out. And did you check out this person? Because this is who he listened to when he was your age. And this is it. And so she took me through the whole tree and, and most of my music knowledge particularly when it came to jazz, came at the hands of, of or came at the, at, at the feet of her, it's just sitting at her feet and kind of learning. And I'm saying that today because today, this week would have been her birthday, and, and it, she passed at a time where I lost about seven people in one year, seven close family members. And you go to these things and you realize sometimes it's only when somebody passes that we really get to know their impact. We, that's the only time people stop to smell the flowers or even to give them the flowers. 
So, so in this moment, man, I make no apologies for sharing your sound today because really what you have today is what I think of more as a legacy song. Like, like, like our sound creates a song that, that resonates with people. And I'm be honest, man, like your legacy song is powerful. I had a jazz educator, a, a high school band director that made a considerable impact on me. I told you about my cousin, Lisa, but Jay Ecker, look, look, I want to go ahead and give my man his flowers every time I get a chance. Jay Ecker, because my middle school experience, <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Hungerford, he was a nice man. But I can't say we was lighting it. We wasn't, we wasn't lighting it on fire in middle school. I'm just saying, I mean, you know. No disrespect, my man. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so like we get through there and I'm like you, I'm I'm I I didn't know the whole thing about band. I, I thought the band kids were the cool kids. We were we were not cool. <laughs> we were not cool at all. So then I get to high school and there's this dude that teaches with so much fire and so much passion. And then he picks up the bass and he's like just funking it up, man. Before Bruno Mars, my man, my man was, was the original uh, Johnson <laughs> Brothers. He was, he was like, he was killing it. And then he'd pick up an upright bass and he would just take you to town on that bad boy. Not just mm -hmm. jazz, but classically, he was the principal bass player. And then he gets on the keys and he's playing. He's leading the jazz band and he's showing me how this music is really working. He's taking me from that, from that, perspective of the turtle and he's bringing me up to the perspective of the giraffe like i'm mm. seeing it i'm seeing the big wow. picture wow. and really got me in on fire about it um i never was like a theory guru at all don't really consider myself one even today but he definitely did open up my perspective to what music could be i'm be honest with you had it not been for him i definitely wouldn't have went to college for music and um i, I when, when i mentioned him to say that when i see you teach when I see you playing, when I see you explaining to educators, explaining to educators how the classroom can be, I'm like, man, that's he's invoking the spirit of Jay Ecker. Like there's so much of what I do, but but if you saw Jay, you'd be like, Mickey, I see where that came from. So mm. so I I'm I'm like, I feel like we're kindred spirits, man. And and, and one thing I want I want you to kind of speak to about uh with our audience is um just the state of education, you know, because I'm not here, you know, for folks that are listening, particularly I say education, music education, for those that may be listening, um, I'm not here to say that that folks are teaching wrong. I'm not saying that one way is wrong, one way is right. All I'm saying is this, you know, if I go to the restaurant and order some food, and I just went to the restaurant, I got some food, and I order something specifically, and I, I give that order to the waiter or the waitress, and if they come back and give me what they wanted as opposed to what I wanted, I'm not leaving a tip. I'm just saying if, if, if I order something and they come back with something different, I'm not going to be a happy customer. And I think for yeah. so many of us, we have a tendency to teach the way we want it or we teach sometimes the way that we had it. And there's this thing called innovation. There's this thing called change that has happened in the time that we took it to now that when we're given it. So, so, so talk to me about how you see teaching, uh, maybe more so about how do you see teaching as it could be, as opposed to maybe how you've seen it in some situations, you know, we ain't trying to put anybody on blast or throw shade today, but we're just trying to illuminate more than anything. Mm. You said a lot there. Oh my gosh. Um, I want to start this idea that I sort of grounds, uh, my perspective on teaching or performing, and I actually find them to be very similar arts. Um, and it's this quote by Albert Murray, the thinker, and he says, 
jazz or it's sort of elegance in the face of adversity. And he talks about this idea that jazz represents not what it is, but what it could be. And I always think about that when I'm performing or when I'm in a classroom. And I say that they're one and the same because I, as I became a much better performer once I started teaching because mm -hmm. students are the toughest crowd you will ever have. They, they smell it out like you, you think about like a, like a nightclub or you're at a big concert hall and an audience will sort of accept a lot of things. Students are like, no, nah, I'm bored. I was teaching. I was teaching right at the beginning of Zoom. It's the only time. I mean, it was so it hurt me so bad. The student will never know. But I was teaching and the student goes, everyone's having a great time improvising. And then the student goes just literally unmutes herself and goes, I'm bored. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, what do you mean you're bored? She's like, this isn't interesting. And I was like, can imagine if people felt comfortable to do that in the concert hall. And I just say like, part of me wants to be like, okay, you're wrong. You're the student. But then part of me is like, wait, maybe she is bored. Like, what could I be doing to make this classroom experience better? And my dad used to always say that he would say like, I would get upset if someone said something about me or whatnot. He'd say, you know, you're going to learn a lot more from your critics because you're going to learn how to become better. And I, I split the difference on that, but I will say, like, I learned a lot from from seeing what parts of uh, of the state of what it is I don't like. And it's not to be a hater, but to say, like, well, as a student, the things I didn't like was, A, um, when I felt like a classroom environment was not playful, when I felt like it wasn't sort of Socratic and electric. I love the feeling of an electric room where students never know um who's gonna get called on they sort of buy in my the culture i love is and it's how i play my band is is um i like stuff to feel a little wobbly mm -hmm. i like it to feel like sammy might might mess up yeah. like sammy is gonna put himself on the line and if i come to students with that spirit that they would maybe reciprocate that's the spirit it's like look we're all in this thing together I know a bunch of things. I'm super excited about those things. Like what, what things do you know? What are you excited about? And sort of like always being in the spirit of, of, um, of, I gotta say instability, but it's improvisation, whatever word you want to use, but yeah. we need to come at it with, with an everyday feels to, they need to feel like I'm discovering it too. That's good. You know, as a teacher, we go to these professional developments and in services and all this stuff. And everybody's always talking about smart goals, right? Uh, specific, measurable, uh, attainable, uh, relevant or relatable and timely, right? Smart goals. But what I'm hearing from you, it's good to have smarter, go or smarter goals, right? I'm having a hard time saying that. Smarter goals, right? So to have the smarter goal, it's all those things, but you put the ER on it, exciting and risky. That's the thing that really resonates in a classroom because it doesn't feel stock. And, you, and, and you're right, like on as a jazz performer, as a musician in general, you know, there's something so magical in those moments when something unprecedented happens, mm -hmm. something unrehearsed. You know, I, right. I call a lot of our concerts, I call it planned spontaneity because we plan it out. But then something just kind of we, we plan it out enough not to we don't plan out the 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 memorable. You don't want to plan out the memorable moments. You want to plan it right. out to where it can cultivate that 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 moment of teaching. And as I'm listening to you. I can't help but think about something I've heard from you before that that you know you're using all that you've learned to help others learn. And and that's so that's so powerful. And and I love what you're doing because you're not using what you've learned to create this rigid structure of it has to be this. You're actually creating a gateway or an opportunity. And that's what's so powerful 
um, with with the with the playbook. So so talk us through a little bit. Um, we know your background. We know there's credibility. Like like I mean, my goodness. I mean, you didn't name drop. I'm gonna go ahead and name drop. <laughs> Juilliard, y'all. Like they're not just letting anybody in that bad boy. Like you gotta, you gotta have a little something to get in Juilliard. So right off the bat, that tells me my man knows something. He know a few scales. He knows a few rhythms. <laughs> he no, knows a few, a few modes here and there. He knows some stuff. So, so you got the credibility, and with the credibility, you also have the community, the congregation. I love that concept. Uh, talk to me before we get into the playbook. What is so powerful about congregation? And why does congregation, how does that fit into what you do? So you go into, let's just say you, you, you go into Seattle, Washington, right? They don't know you. They ain't seen you before. You got this, you got the mafia. You got the music mafia there. You got, the, you got that elementary group. They tough. They, mm -hmm. you know, they, they'll tell you real quick, we're bored. We're not interested. We don't like jazz, right? Right. But then here comes the congregation. Talk us through what does that look like for somebody who's looking for a congregational experience in their own neck of the woods? Maybe they want to bring you in, or most importantly, mm -hmm. maybe they want to use what they're seeing to create their own experience. What does what does that look like? How did that come about? Right. So you, you brought up that idea here of, of gateway. So I always have seen myself as a gateway for jazz. Like I am not – people can find other jazz that is more uh, – well, more, more sophisticated, <laughs> more jazzy, right? I, I consider myself to be a gateway because I, how I I view the music is I find it to be electric and joyful. So so I'm not going to be the most rigid person with this. Like my sensibility is that I'm, I'm I like humor. I like a lot of different elements, which I, we could talk. That's a different discussion about what the men the the pioneers of this music wanted. That's that's a discussion for yeah. a different day. But I consider myself with students. I can really help be a gateway because I'm super excited. And me and and the band I've chose, my comrades, the congregation, um, they're also they see music in a similar way. Of they bring it to the people. Yeah. They're not waiting for students to understand. And I think you know you brought up someone that was hey, important. Hey, can, to you. can you can look, look <laughs> since since we in the congregation. Can I get an amen? Can, preacher, can you say that again? They're not waiting for what? They're not waiting. Jeez, I, I can't. I'm not going to say it as well. You're what, say it. You say it. No, they're, they, they're not. Go, go, go. No, 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 no. I, I was just going to say not they're, not, they're not mm. waiting for the kids to get it. Right, right. They're, they're, they're bringing it to them. And I think, I think for so many of us, you know, we're waiting on the kids to come meet us with a level of expectancy and anticipation and hope and perspective that took us 30 years to get. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like they're getting, right. They're getting today. No, you need, so the two things I love, I love how the music makes me feel and I love the history. So the storytelling part was really what, what hooked me. And I talked about all the records I got as a kid and I would, and I would, like listening to them but then what i loved i loved reading liner notes and i loved reading history books like wait so lewis armstrong knew dizzy gillespie and i'm like wait and then miles knew dizzy and and then like wait miles knew marcus miller like as you talked about the tree like i got obsessed with how it all connected so for instance when i go in with the band to play we don't just go up there and say how you doing we're gonna play jazz music i say let's talk about how jazz was created in the city of new orleans and with my seven piece band here we got the trumpet we got the trombone, the saxophone. We turn that place into a sanctuary, into a church, whatever you want to call it. Like we bring people to New Orleans circa 1901, a young trumpet player by the name of Louis Armstrong. And I take students there. I talk about 
the, the rich cultural history of New Orleans, which Mickey, I'm sure you can talk to about 10 times more than me, but I love taking students, maybe they live in Seattle, Washington, mm -hmm. or Omaha, Nebraska, Chira, South Carolina. Like, it doesn't matter. We're going to take them into, we're going to talk about the different sounds of French music. And then you have this influence of uh, Spanish music. And we talk about Europeans liking to go to war like they do. And, and the trombone is going to be, you know, the bull going through the audience. I don't know if you've seen that. Sam is amazing. We do a little Spanish tinge. We talk about the important, the influence of West African music, of the slave population in New Orleans. We talk about Congo Square. And we're not going to just say it. We're going to talk about some of those some of those six, eight rhythms, students start clapping it and feeling that music. And then once we have the background, once we've created the world, that sort of story, now we're ready to talk about jazz. We need to understand this whole world and people going from these different sounds to young musicians, like I talk about Louis Armstrong, which I love kids. That is a story kids can really relate to. He's mm. a 10 year old, 11 year old, he's a troublemaker. Yeah. Hmm, sound like any of your students? Yeah. And I always think it's an amazing story, Lewis, because the kids that are most challenging to reach are the ones that are like a Lewis Armstrong. Yeah. And yeah. he had an amazing music educator by the name of Peter Davies, who's a lot like everyone out there. It's like he had this educator who was like, wait, this isn't a troublemaker. He's a kid with a lot of energy. And so he doesn't give him the trumpet. Lewis goes, I want the trumpet. He goes, no, no, no. He's, he's at a school for delinquents, right? He's, you don't get the trumpet, you get the tambourine first. You get the tambourine. He has to earn the trumpet, but Lewis finds a way. Music is the vehicle for which he can become to be more focused. And I think like that as a story has so much power that I can speak to. And also students at even 10, 11 go, hmm, I'm kind of like that. Mm -hmm. like, I like, you know, so I, I say that's all to say, like, my entrance point is a lot the music, the sound, I think people can get excited about, but also the story is a really compelling story. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important that that we take time to make time for the kids to see themselves in the experience. And and I think sometimes we can educate them right out of it. And look, I'm saying we because right now, man, you 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 convicting me right now. Like like I'm from Louisiana, but because it's home and it's familiar, sometimes sometimes I feel like I undervalue it. Sometimes I'm like, well, do I really want to? Maybe it's not that special because you're just familiar with it, right? And now it's like, wow, there are so many stories. Why am I not sharing more of that? So I'm gonna be honest, you just changed my classroom. So next week, mm -hmm. next week, maybe even this week, like they they gonna they gonna get a whole nother dose, like of, of what they weren't even expecting. And 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 those stories are so powerful. I think that when we can embed the learning in stories that kids can then see themselves in then they're more apt to want to participate. That's engagement. As much as folks want to want to uh, get upset about it, the, the fact of the matter is engagement is entertainment, yeah. flat out. I mean, you, you, we want engagement in our classroom. Newsflash, you have to be entertaining. Now somebody says, mm. well, Mickey, I don't have a red jacket. I don't have a hat, right? Somebody said, well, well, Mickey, I don't, I'm not touring the world like Sammy. And you know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because everybody has something. And I think that in order to be engaging, we have to be authentic. We have to be transparent and we have to be aware of where our gift and our passion is. And between that intersection of our gift mm -hmm. and our passion, we find our sound. Now, the gift is what you can do. Uh, the passion is what you're drawn to do, right? What you're drawn mm -hmm. to. And, but I think everybody brings those elements because if it was just information, look, the kids could just get it on their phone. If it was just information, so 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 if they have enough information to get them through life in their pocket, 
then why are they coming to the classroom for the situation for the relationship for the situationship that's what they're coming for and the way that you're point painting this picture man this is powerful because this is game changing whether you're a music educator uh whether whether you're doing the core curriculum or are you doing the encore right right you the music the art the movement whatever you're doing however you may do do it it all comes back to x marks the spot you got to have that gift and that passion and the way you laid that thing out you know i think for anybody whether you're teaching math it's a matter of going back and asking yourself what gets me fired up about this thing called math and let me kind of tap into that now here's the deal when you go back into the recesses of what gets you fired up it may not it may not light a spark for every single kid but it becomes that gateway like you talked about it allows them to see oh this dude ain't just pulling a paycheck this chick right. ain't just clocking in they're like kind of passionate about it and it gets mm -hmm. kids wondering i wonder what's so interesting that it would have this person right. excited about it right. they need to feel that they need to feel that so so if i come if i'm with the congregation okay so you come down to west palm beach florida you with the congregation we got we got some kids maybe they kind of they kind of you know apathetic about some stuff and they're like ah, jazz here he comes with this jazz stuff what's what's the course of action because there's people listening right now that are like uh i've never done jazz before I'm, I'm more traditional, whatever that is, right? And they're like, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it. I'm, 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 I'm the clarinet player who never really played jazz. I'm a bassoonist, never really was in a jazz band before. Um, what are some key things? But just you know, what are some things that 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 somebody could do tomorrow to engage their kids? Uh, you know, is it is it starting out with the with the? Do we have the modes? Do we have the scales? Do we memorize? Do we memorize a certain number of them? Do we do we do we study the chord progressions day one? Do we have the sheet music in front of us? You know, I say all that stuff. To, you know, yeah. do we have that serious tone? What, what is it? What is it? What would you what would you recommend to somebody who's like, I'm 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 fired up about this. I'm excited about it. But where do I start? Right, right. So I, I would say, you don't need to have. <clears throat> excuse me. You don't need to have an extensive background in jazz to begin to deal with jazz concepts in your classroom. Okay. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you said, people get like overwhelmed, like, geez, well, Sammy knows all this history. Like I, you could, you can tell the same information a lot of ways, right? I can say Duke Ellington wrote 2000 songs. They're really complicated. They're complex. Or I can say there was this guy, his name was Duke Ellington and he liked girls and the girls in his class, he could only impress them if he wrote songs for them. And so, you know, we have our way of doing it in the congregation, but I love to play this Duke Ellington song, CJM Blues, because it has two notes in it. Yeah. And those two notes are notes that we could do in any key, but if we know our G and we know our concert C, anyone in any band will be able to play this song. And the rhythm is the same rhythm three times, right? Do, 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 do. Right? So we've taught them <laughs> this phrase. It's a four bar phrase. We do it three songs. All of a sudden, all, we do it three times, and all the all of a sudden, we are playing a twelve bar blues. And the way I teach that concept with the band, because we do it too. We we teach. I don't. I've taught a marching band. I've taught concert band. I've taught literally no band, just kids in an audience who don't have any instruments, right? Yeah. And 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 what I teach them is we're gonna do this song. We're gonna say it once, right? Do do, do 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 do. We're gonna say it again. Do do, do do. Do, 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 do. Can we say it three times? Now we got our song. That is our song. So we're already playing a form. 
And from there, you don't even have to, you as an educator need to know form, but that we need to know that there's a phrase and we play it three times. Mm -hmm. And you say, you can play that in unison with all your bands. Literally the drummers can play it too. When I do it, I'll just go in. One of my favorite experiences ever was down in Charlotte when we worked with a, that was a, it was like half a marching band and then they brought in the choir. And we did CGM Blues where we played we taught them this this phrase. We played the recording. We said, I said, students, what, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it too? I also, I think people are scared to ask that question with students. I said, what do you like about this? What do you not like about it? I say, what do I like about it? I like the dance rhythm. I like how it makes me feel. You know what else I love? I love when people start making up their own things. So we have the simple phrase, so what, what are some ways that we could improvise or make up our own sort of ideas put ourselves into that rhythm we could change the rhythm a little bit and all of a sudden right that's that's a variation that's changing the rhythm that's what Louis Armstrong did in New Orleans or we could change the melody right you could change the melody you could have the rhythm section change stuff and now we, we change the 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 harmony so you can begin to change just one small element and have students begin to understand that without even looking at sheet music, you can begin to make music. I think that's a really important idea. So that's one of our favorite things to do, like these, you know, CGM blues. And my, I know with the band, what we do is we start having students take one note solos. You know, we'll come in (laughs) and people say, I don't know, there's so many notes to choose. And of course, you know, Tall Sam or Ben or Fonz, they'll begin to, they love to embarrass themselves first. So we'll, we'll, we'll come up with any set of guidelines, like make it as silly as possible. Sam will take a solo on one note and just play. They just need to get loose and get into the spirit of that sort of like risky business. Like anything's possible. We're going to embarrass ourselves, you know. Now, now I have to, I have to interrupt. No. Because for those that are just meeting us just meeting you listening to you uh he is not talking about himself in the was it the third person i always get that mixed up my wife is a grammar <laughs> teacher okay don't adjust your 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 set or your your device that you listen to these gentlemen these gentlemen confused me thoroughly when i first ran into them in kansas uh my man walks up he was like my name is sam I was like, pleasure to meet you. Then I walk up to another dude. I'm like, hey, Mickey's like, my name is Sam. I say, y'all playing games out here. Y'all playing games. Look, I just met y'all and y'all trying to play. So they're they're both their names are Sam. Okay. So when you hear tall Sam, that's a different gentleman. Okay. So so for my folks that listen, they may be like, wait, wait a minute. My man's talking about himself. But y'all are like the dynamic duo. And I think I think it's so important that that when we and i'm listening to you like when you teach listen guys listen to listen to his tone listen to his sound he invites you it's it's an open invitation his his classroom is an open invitation hey guys try this let's do this it's never you have to do this it's got to be this way if a kid messes up he's like oh that's a new way of doing it and you give that kid that that freedom to explore but you also let them know okay this is the form this is what it's built on but you can always put your voice to it, your sound to it. And kids love that kind of stuff. When they, it's like Legos. That's why kids yeah. like Legos so much because there is a function to them, but there's also a freedom in which they can, they can articulate whatever it is they want to do. And that's why kids like talking. Like, like honestly, if, if we could only talk according to a script, how lame would the day be? Like, uh, hello, hi, Sammy. It's a pleasure to see you today. Right. 
I don't know the last time we have met. Like that would be like, right. like even right now, we just we so just well talking, said. man. Yeah. You know, and uh, music music's gotta be the same way. I think I think it's gotta be conversational. Right. The funny thing about improvisation is you ask students, what do they like? Like, I love to ask this question whenever I go into a band class. Like, why did you choose to be here? Like, you could have done ceramics. You could have done, and particularly jazz band class. I think it's such an amazing question. You say, why did you chose to be here, right? And you go, oh, I didn't choose. I didn't want to be this. So now we're all going to be here for 45 minutes, right? Every day we get together. Or I love the zero period kids. Like, ah, I don't even want to be. I'm like, you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning to show up in band room. And now you have 45 minutes together. Like, so we're going to be here either way, whether you want to or not. Like, so how do we want to come at this hour? What, what sort of like, what's the spirit? Do we want to feel better? When, like, what do we want to happen? What's the function of the hour? Do we want to leave here feeling better? Do we want to leave here feeling worse? Like, so the more we can buy into this idea that like, we're in this thing together and yeah. the spirit of a congregation, like, hey, like nobody left behind. I really think it's important that we invite people in in a whole bunch of different ways. And one is musically, one is like using words, like verbally saying like, hey, I'm putting my heart and soul into this. One is showing like, when tall Sam and myself, like we show that we're having a good time. Students go like, Whoa, I guess I could have a good time when I play yeah, like yeah, all those yeah. sort of like little lessons they pick up on They're 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 kids, but they're they're They got a, a lot of emotional intelligence. You know, the, the soul of this music comes from a deep place, man. I, I, I think about folks like my grandmother born in 1910. She didn't have a whole lot, but I watched her, man. She was so generous. She was so generous. Now, not to me, like the kids. She was, she was, she was frugal, man. Like you ask her for anything, like you ain't getting it. But we watch her with like strangers, or people that would come to the church or something. She always gave, and I'm thinking, wow, she don't even have anything. But, but there was a generosity there, right? Uh, even in her kitchen, there wasn't. She didn't have the the island. You know how people like I watch the HGTV, like they had the island, right? They got the paprika, and the, she had salt. She had sugar. <laughs> She had like it was basic stuff, but she could she could make anything with that stuff. There was such a a generosity that came out of her kitchen, that came out of her heart. She was tough on us, but she was sweet. Mm -hmm. She was sweet in her own way. And I think when you think about the folks that 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 forged this music, they didn't have a lot, but man, they had a lot. And and right. and there's something about the generosity that jazz has. And I feel like when when you when you work with people, you are literally giving from a deep place but you're also putting generosity back in jazz because as you said it before it's kind of gotten to that place where it, it is kind of at times can be the country club right but honestly it's america's music like it's our first right. it's our first great export you know culturally right. and i think it's music for the people so you know um i i i don't want to let too much time go by without letting people know what it is that playbook can be for them because I feel like we know you. I feel like we know jazz a little bit better. I feel like we know your heart and we know the heart of jazz as well too. But but uh, understanding that it's not just a work of art, like we said before, it's a work of heart. But how do we make that transition? How do we how do we translate that love to students when maybe we didn't have the jazz education uh, experience? Maybe we don't have that skill set. Maybe we don't have the circles. Maybe we don't have a congregation at our disposal. How in the world can we present this music and supplement it with powerful master classes and, and, and just, just supplementary material that will help create an experience that supersedes a lesson, but creates an experience that lasts for a lifetime, which is what jazz yeah. can do. I think, not think, but I know 
playbook is that i know look look and before folks say anything i'm not a paid spokesperson or anything like that i am literally somebody who is reaping the benefits i'm in a situation right now where i'm rebuilding a program where where everybody's a beginner like even and, and, and forgive me my students may be listening to this i love y'all and i know y'all in eighth grade but i gotta be real with y'all mr smith always shoot straight y'all beginners like i'm be honest like <laughs> they COVID and other things that happened right. like they right. They just the band started like a year and a half ago in the midst of COVID. So it's no disrespect to them. They just hadn't had that quality experience. So so here I am. I'm trying to teach music and we got kids that are still learning horn carriage. We got kids that are still learning basic rhythms. How am I going to do that? And then ah, the heavens parted. <laughs> the sky lit up. There was a chariot of some sort that came out mm -hmm. the sky. Well, maybe it wasn't that dramatic, but since we congregation, I figured I'd ham it up a little bit. But it felt like that, man. It, and I'm like, wow, this incredible resource allows kids to hear what their part is. It allows them to hear the totality of it. It allows them to, to adjust it and manipulate it in the way that, that they need so that they can learn. And we have these um, this amazing community of individuals that are giving content. So talk to us about Playbook uh what it's all about and and look it's not even a sell it's it's a share share with us right now why playbook uh is the tool for the modern day teacher in mm. in, in any band hall today well just i just first want to say it means the world like you having so, like i have so much respect for you i just like to hear you say that first of all i just want to say like uh when i'm having a tough day too it really warm warms my heart to know that like people who are out here on the ground like and, and it's can be super challenging be being a teacher being a classroom and particularly you know we look at this last year and a half so many people who were like man we had so much momentum so much momentum and then like you described like they lost a year they lost two years they had you know retention so maybe some kids dropped out and whatnot and i'll say there's two ways we look at this right one is this was um like it was it was it was extremely challenging for students, right? And we know that part of it. And we can say like, oh, so there's no point in, you know, keeping on. And the other version is like, what things can we learn? What can, skills can we sort of take with us from this last 18 months period into the future? And so as an educator, I, I spent the last decade going from town to town and I would go for an hour, me and the congregation, we would, we would do an assembly. Maybe we'd get to do a, some jazz master classes with an ensemble and uh, maybe play with the orchestra, any bunch of stuff, but it was always, then we would leave. Mm. And, and that was, uh, I didn't like that. I, I was always thinking, what could we do? What about these teachers and all of these students for the other 364 days? And I'll say this, this sort of concept of building out resources to help band teachers and students at the same time. And I say that because I think it's super important to help all the students, but also for all the teachers out there, like you're one, think about this, you are one teacher. And even if you're the world's best saxophone teacher, which s someone who's listening right now probably is, <laughs> you're the world's best saxophone. Maybe you're not the world's best bass teacher. You're, maybe you're not the world's best clarinet teacher. Maybe you're the world's not best trombone amateur teacher. So I was thinking, what would it be like if you had like a crew, a congregation, your own congregation that could come in and support each instrument and sort of give the, the mentorship you would get at a Juilliard, right? That sort of instrument specific training, the history class you would get at a Juilliard. And I want to give special props right now to my professor there, Mr. Phil Schapp, who there would be no Sammy Miller out here talking at all without him. And he, we just lost him. And he, I mean, changed my life more than... I mean, much just love, much so love, much love. kindness, but I say that all to say 
Kyle Blaha, my ear training teacher, all these incredible teachers I had access to. And they say, you don't get to access that unless you go to Juilliard. And I say, mm, I don't like that. <laughs> Why don't we bring that same sort of intense training, but with with a welcoming, with a gateway, with a kind energy. So me and the congregation, we, we built out this, this concept, this playbook, and it's um, world-class mentorship, instrument-specific mentorship uh, for a band room, for K through 12 band room. What does that mean? So Mickey touched on some of it. We have these, all of the pieces of music have a flex player where you can fully customize what you hear. And I would say students hearing a part is, is more important than reading it is an important tool, but we also need to learn how to speak the language, right? We don't just read when we're learning to speak English, right? You hear the sounds and they can learn so much by the articulation, that kind of stuff. So we have the, the flex pair where they can customize, hear stuff. Uh, we have all of our music digitized, scores for you, in, improv courses, ear training courses. We have um, history lessons with every song. So just like I talked about Louis Armstrong, we got one Duke Ellington, Bessie Smith, uh, Scott Joplin, a whole bunch of people, Benny Goodman, jazz, and also even outside of jazz, Beethoven, Mozart. I mean, the, everyone's story is interesting. I think Mickey, you're so great at talking about that. Like it's not just jazz people, like anyone, the story you can tell it anyway. So we have history lessons that are tied to the people. And then these instrument specific lessons on each song. So if I'm going to learn to play uh, You Are My Sunshine, there's a sax soli. I said to myself, well, who would I want to learn from? Grace Kelly, she's an incredible saxophone educator. Yeah, yeah. And Grace is the one talking about saxophone. And then I go, well, if I want to learn trumpet, like I want to learn how to use a plunger technique. Who's my favorite person to talk about plunger technique? And I've seen Alfonso Horn bring it in a classroom. Uh, he definitely, the kids go, he goes, I got it from the toilet. And they go, ah, but he brings his plunger <laughs> into the classroom. And he can really explain these concepts so well and use these different songs as the vehicle. So they're not just learning like a plunger technique without a song. They're learning it in the context of black and tan fantasy Duke Ellington song. And for the songs that are easier, we, we got much simpler songs like that begin with concepts like sea jam blues for the person who just knows one or two notes. Like no, it's never too soon to introduce excitement into the band room. That's good. That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, there's this thing I always tell folks, utilize all available resources. You know, there, there's so many resources available to us, uh, but oftentimes we're in the information age. Things are coming at us so fast that it, it can almost be an overload. But I'm telling you today that, that um, everything that was shared today is the real deal. Like these resources are, are easy to use. I mean, I am not super tech savvy at all. I'm. Don't tell my administrator. I'm still trying to figure out how to put in grades. Like the kids have no grades. Like, right. We had a meeting this morning. They were like, Mickey, you got to do something. So they had an intervention today. I, but it turned out it wasn't my fault. They gave me the wrong login information. But anyway, I digress. You're talking about a man that you don't even know how to put the grades into the grade book. Are y'all feeling me? And I can use playbooks. So if I can do it, anybody can. So I can't say it enough, you know, that, that it's an incredible resource. And before we before we conclude, I definitely want to make sure that folks know how to access this and how to get this. But we're going to stop for just a moment because part of creating a sound 180 and folks always ask, what is the sound 180? That's creating a sound 180 days of classroom instruction and harmony that is built on mindfulness, resilience and significance. These are the cornerstones that help educators keep on going so that we don't burn out. And ultimately, so we teach by design and not by default. 
we want to have the spontaneity. We want to improvise. We want it to be electric. But at the same time, there has to be that framework. There has to be those things that we can depend on and build from. There has to be the progression, the chord progression that we can all that we can all depend on. And we provide that as sound uh, educators. So having a sound 180 is a powerful idea. Uh, it's more than a, a program. It's a mindset. And at the same time, too, we all have a sound. So sometimes it's not that our sound is wrong. It just has to be tuned up a little bit. Maybe don't make a 360. That'll put you right back where you were. But maybe sometime we got to do a 180. I've had to turn my sound around on occasion. Mm -hmm. And part of that is just uh, looking for the good. So we're going to stop and we're going to take a moment and we are going to think of ways to celebrate the good. So we're going to take our sound check right now, our sound break. We'll be right back with you. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. All right, guys. All right. We are back. We are back. Look, 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 look. It's all about being sound in this season. And sound, we talked about it. It's the mindfulness. It's the resilience. It's the significance. And it all starts with not nothing more than a mindset. Uh, I believe that we have the opportunity to be thermostats. We are, we are climate changers. Climate change is real. Because every time I step into a room, I'm trying to change the climate for the better if it needs to be. And I believe that more than ever, we have to see ourselves not as thermostats. But, well, see yourself as a thermostat, not a thermometer. Hey, how about that? So, so in this season, what are some things we can do? Look, look, so being sound, uh, I, I got one. I think, I think part of, of, of seeing the sound and being sound is celebrating milestones. You know, sometimes, sometimes we look for the big thing. I tell my kids all the time that whoever invented the pizza was a genius, but whoever invented the pizza slice was a god, <laughs> right? 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 Because like you and you go out to eat, you go take yeah. you go take that significant person out, and you go put that whole pizza in your mouth. You're not getting a second call. Like like the second date ain't happening. I'm just saying, right? But if you break that bad boy up into slices, you could you could devour the whole pizza. And I think for so many of us, we have the big goals, but it's the milestones that help us reach it. And oftentimes we overlook and undervalue the milestones. So I want to challenge somebody today to take time and, and take account. When you get off the call today, ask yourself, what did I do today that maybe I undervalued? That maybe I need to stand up and give myself a stand ovation. I need to pat myself on the back. Educators, this is how we refrain from burning out. So Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. What are, what are, what's what what's 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 a sound piece of advice you can give us what's a sound bite you can give us today to making this day sound each and every day ah oh, jeez i have a couple i but i want to i want to the one that that's coming to mind right now is um is that's something i brought up earlier this uh this albert murray idea of i i love i love like um sort of king arthur kind of stories the idea of we you only have King Arthur if there's a dragon to slay. And the, tr the struggles that we have that come to us, they are what make us who we are, right? So when we have a, a real big challenge in front of us, it seems like, you know, how, how can I defeat this? I just go back in time and go like, well, what did Louis have to deal with? I go like, what did Duke Ellington have to deal with? Or are all my heroes, like, what kind of things are the stories that made them who they were? And it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't that they they gave up. It's it's always the story of they keep on going. I mean, it's Mickey, you're saying they keep on going, like in despite of everything against it. Yeah, it's it's like so. Just that idea. Albert Murray talks about you need a dragon in order for there to be a King, King Arthur to have to take the 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 sword out of the stone yeah. and go slay the dragon. So 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 I would say 
see those people in the past that like that inspired you and and the more you learn the story like i promise they were in a tough spot too i know you think you're in a spot sure. that only you've been in someone's being been in it before and maybe even in a spot you go like well compared to what i'm glad i wasn't in that spot and they got through that so i can get through this yeah that's good that's good i i'm hearing i'm hearing right now it's only a crisis mm. that's what i'm hearing from you you know it's, it's so interesting uh before we were born there were crises Am I Christi? I don't know. <laughs> Crisis is yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were there. They were there. Right. And then the crazy right. thing is, since we've been on this earth, go Google any year you've been alive. Each and every year you've been alive. If you go Google it, there was always a crisis that year. There was always a crisis. And literally, some of the things were literally called the crisis, like the Cuban Missile Crisis. or It literally right. had the word crisis in it. And the crazy thing is, after we're long gone, there'll still be crisis. Sis, 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 or Christ, I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. you be the judge. But the point of the matter is, it's only a crisis. And, and, and the cool thing is this, those significant individuals that we see in our past, that we tell our kids about, that, that we learn from, that we draw inspiration from, they did all that in the midst of crisis. And for my educators out there, I want you to know that you're that person in today's modern age. You are the Louis Armstrong. You are that, that incredible, being that that larger than life figure and uh mr mill i gotta say it i believe not in the near future not too far in the near future you will be the sammy miller you know what i'm saying somebody's gonna look back just like you spoke fondly of that educator there's somebody that you're pouring into right now that when they close their eyes and they think of that significance they think of you and i think it's important as educators that you hear that and whether you whether you're a jazzer or not or whether you have a music program, you may be an English literacy teacher that's listening to this right now. And I hope you took away the idea that there is a significance to what you do that transcends what you teach. So it's not just about the subject matter. It's what you do to show the students that they matter. But first, that starts with you understanding just how much you matter, how we matter to each and every one that we teach, each and every one that we reach, because you don't just instruct, you inspire. And uh, I have been inspired today, like like real talk, like no joke, man. Like literally, like literally, you know, like in the in the in the history books, they got they got BC and they got what they say AD. Okay, we got we go look. This is terrible. They go have yeah. they go have BS, <laughs> but it's not what you think. It's gonna be AS. No, not what you think, right? So so they gonna be talking about the moment. It's like man, Mr. Smith, he teaching different. And I'm like that was before Sammy. That was before Sammy. So, so I'm, I'm definitely going in with a new energy in my classroom, but most importantly, not just the energy, but, but the tools and the resources and, um, and just a new perspective. So I appreciate you today. I'm not just saying that. Definitely appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit of your time with our audience members. I know this is going to be of great value uh, to them. I can't wait to hear what folks say in, uh, in the comments and, and the feedback we get. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, please share with us before we before we take it out. Please share with us how people can get connected with you and how we can access Playbook if that's something that we want to use or if we know an educator. Okay, because there's some folks on here that are like, "Hey, I, I'm an English teacher, but we got a pretty pretty good band in our school. How do I get this information to my band director, orchestra director, or choir director? How do I get this to the people that need it?" Share with us a little bit about how we can yeah. how we can uh, partner with you with this Playbook initiative. Uh, go to the World Wide Web, and if you type in www.thisisplaybook.com, that's T-H-I-S-I-S, -I -S -I -S, 
playbook p-l-a-y-b-o-o-k this is playbook uh, we got instagram playbook jazz at playbook jazz and also if you want to learn more about the band which is uh mickey's talked a little bit about it but uh, we bring the congregation that's sammy miller congregation and um that that's where you can find me and i am here to be a resource so please let please let use me as a resource i'm here to help that's all i'm here to do awesome and look you just you just crowned the title of this episode so this episode will be sammy miller this is playbook so you just heard it you just got it so hey guys i i i'm so stoked right now i'm ready like like it's evening time but i'm like listen can we can we start teaching again like i'm ready i'm ready mm. to hop back in there i feel like i got i got another set to my wheelhouse now so this is this is fire man look i i never say goodbye especially in a case like this because it's never goodbye it's just until next time so for all my, all my educators out there please remember something remember that the world that we live in is our classroom but the life that we live is the class so uh do me a favor make your classroom sound make your teaching epic and i promise you your legacy will be significant this is sound 180 podcast until next time guys keep on going and let us be the sound to change the world can you hear the sound heartbeat of that motherless child as we search for love we all need Welcome smile There's a sound that is so sweet when we hear child you belong So let our words of love flow freely like a river strong And let us
Thank you.